this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Over the next month, I'm going to be lifting up four different people who had encounters with Jesus. And um, today is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is unique in that instead of someone just meeting Jesus in the midst of their life, like Jesus met the woman at the well, Nicodemus is different because he goes seeking Jesus out. He's already heard about Jesus. He's knows about his ministry, and he goes to find Jesus in the dark of night. And I invite you to read along with me in John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. And I'm going to read 17 verses. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What's born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses. You hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered, are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now Nicodemus was a leader in his community, a teacher, a Pharisee. He might have even been a scout for all we know. Pharisees were Jews who tried to live their life right. They tried to live their faith by the letter of the law. They tried to keep their own lives as holy and as clean as the temple itself. Every question had an answer. Every T crossed, every I dotted. Pharisees were not bad people, even though we see them bumping heads against Jesus sometimes in the gospel. These are people who are trying to live in covenant with God. They're A students. They follow the rules. And sometimes they bumped heads with Jesus because it seemed to them like Jesus was throwing out the rule book. 
And when Jesus healed a woman on the Sabbath day once, the Pharisees were furious at him. And it was not because he healed her. They were furious because he had broken the Sabbath rule of the day of rest. Healing was an act of work, and it was against the rules. And Jesus tells them, look, if your ox is in the ditch, get your ox out of the ditch. In other words, you can know all the right answers and still fail the test. They were consumed with following the letter of the law that Jesus questions whether they've missed the spirit of it in the first place. Nicodemus was someone who tried to do right. He knew his scriptures, he tithed, he never ever skipped synagogue, even on snowy, icy days. He was a good guy, a leader, and he has clearly heard a lot about Jesus. You know, something that's always helped me understand this dynamic between the Pharisees and Jesus is a little part of history about the year 70, and I know that's 40 solid years after where we are today in our scripture, but it helps me to keep this in mind because in the year 70, the Jewish people did indeed revolt against Israel, I mean, in Rome. And Rome responded to that revolt by totally destroying the Jewish people and annihilating their beautiful temple in Jerusalem that still stands in ruins to this day. So no wonder the leadership was constantly nervous about Jesus. It must have seemed like he was going to be gasoline on a fire and the whole thing could just blow up around them. And when Nicodemus comes to see Jesus, he realizes he has heard some truth in his words. He recognizes God in the way that Jesus talks about God. Nicodemus had spent his whole life living by the rules and suddenly... Jesus is giving him different questions to ask on the test. Who is this guy? Who is this rabbi? Maybe he really wanted some confirmation of who he was, but there was so much at stake. Nicodemus had so much to lose. And one night, in the cover of darkness, he goes to talk to Jesus. And every single time I've ever preached on this passage, I have talked about that darkness because I am just certain, I feel certain that Nicodemus went in darkness because he was too chicken to go in the light of day. I just know that Nicodemus was afraid of losing his reputation. To me, Nicodemus has always stood in for any one of us who wants faith without sacrifice. Nicodemus goes to see Jesus, and he's still protecting his reputation as a leader. And he goes in the dark. But this week, as I was working on my sermon, it happened to hit me a bit different. Because as I was writing my sermon about Nicodemus, it was Thursday. And I was writing about Nicodemus coming in the dark while I was looking outside my window and watching the world around me become ice and my tree branches were going lower and lower to the ground and I was hearing the sound of trees breaking all around me, which really is quite a disturbing sound to hear the sound of ice and trees breaking around you. And I was certain we were going to end up in the dark at any moment. And suddenly, I was thinking about Nicodemus in a new way. 
being in that darkness. Because being in the dark is scary. I don't care how old you are. It's just scary and really inconvenient. I was keeping my computer battery charged. I was parking orders for everybody to have everything charged. We did all our laundry. We'd never do that. We were doing all our laundry. And I was making sure we had lights when the power went out because I was doing everything I could to make sure that we could all avoid being in the dark because the dark is scary. And all of a sudden I was seeing Nicodemus in a different way because that feeling of being in the dark, that feeling of being out of sorts, of searching for something, I'm guessing I don't even have to describe it to you all. I know it's a hard place to be. In fact, you could be in the light and still feel like you are in the dark. To be unsure of the way forward, to be lost, to feel alone. The darkness is scary. And I don't know about you, but I try really hard to avoid the dark. Nicodemus felt like Jesus was changing the foundation that he built his life on, his faith, his, his order. And Jesus is trying to change it all up for him, and it's scary. Change is frightening. No wonder he's in the dark. You know, one of the great preachers of the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, Fred Craddock, really all the world, I would say, he, he died at 86 a few years ago, and he wrote a lot about his father, and it was his mom who brought he and his siblings to the Christian church in Humboldt, Tennessee. But dad stayed home. Dad didn't do church. And he writes, my father would always say the same thing. The church doesn't care about me. Another name, another pledge. Another name, another pledge. I know churches. He said he must have heard his dad say this a thousand times over the years. It was a hard reality in his family. He loved church, Fred, and he loved his dad. This is the same dad he mentioned one time that his teacher had encouraged Fred to come with a memorized scripture verse to say during roll call at the start of the day. And Fred, first grader Fred, stood up and recited a scripture that his own father had given him from the book of Judges, which is this. Samson took the jawbone of an ass and slay a thousand men. His teacher sent Fred home with a note that said no profanity, even if it's in scripture. And when Fred gave the note to his dad, he said, I bet your class loved it. And Fred would be in seminary when his dad was dying of cancer. His dad never did get to hear him preach. And his dad was living at a VA hospital in Memphis whittled down to 73 pounds from cancer and the treatments they gave him. His dad could no longer eat or talk. And he writes that he went to the hospital to see his dad and there in the room was a potted plant and flowers and there was a stack of cards 10 to 15 inches deep. And Fred writes, I looked at the cards sprinkled in with the flowers and I read the cards beside his bed. They were all from the church every one of them from my mother's church. My father saw me reading them, he could not speak, 
but he took a Kleenex box and wrote something on the side from Shakespeare's Hamlet. He wrote, in this harsh world, draw your breath and pain to tell my story. I said, what's your story, Daddy? He wrote, I was wrong. We better listen up, y'all. <laughs> Somebody's trying to communicate. I was wrong. Fred writes that he just held his dad's hand and they both cried. And here is Nicodemus coming in the darkness, wanting answers, feeling drawn to Jesus, but maybe scared of what such a change could mean to follow him. All these years, I have thought Nicodemus went in the dark because he was too chicken to go in the light of day when someone might see the great Pharisee leader talking to this renegade rabbi named Jesus. But now it makes me wonder, maybe I've been too hard on him, because maybe that darkness actually helps us to remember how he feels. He's literally in the dark, and he's desperate for Jesus to give him a little light. He says, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one can do these signs apart from you in the presence of God. And Jesus says, it's like being born of water and spirit. He speaks of birth from above, like a kid where everything is new and different. And he says, the spirit, it's like a wind. The wind blows where it chooses. You hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes or where it goes. So it's with those who are born of the Spirit. And Jesus would get on to hint at his death and sacrifice and suffering of what is to come. And he would say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And I love how the message, the contemporary version of scripture, actually translates verse 17. It says, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it is. He came to help, to put the world right again. Being born from above, like the wind swept spirit of God, hinting at what is to come with Jesus' death and God's purpose and love of the world. All that Nicodemus says after hearing all of this is how can this be? How can this be? It's the last thing he says. Nicodemus came to Jesus wanting a little light, a little clarity, a little certainty. Last week I talked about disciples hopping out of the boat and going to follow Jesus. And here we are with Nicodemus who seems to leave with more questions than he came with. Back into the darkness he goes. How can this be? And you wonder what really ever happened to Nicodemus. Did he ever, ever find the courage to follow him? I really do think I've been too hard on Nicodemus all these years. After all, we are people who still try very hard to avoid the dark at all costs. How often have I wanted faith without sacrifice? How often have I wanted to check the box and say, yes, I follow him, without realizing that following him will always lead me towards the cross? The path of sacrifice. It's sure easy to say you follow him. 
I mean, you could just get a bumper sticker or a t-shirt or share some scriptures on Facebook every now and then, and you can check those boxes. It sure is a whole lot harder to shape your life, to shape your life like him. It's hard to shape a church that looks like Jesus' sacrificial love, to shape your family, your relationships, your friendships, your work, your bank account, to look like you follow him. Because it might indeed mean we're asked to change. And change is hard. And frankly, for some of us, I think it just takes a while. You know, I remember a Presbyterian minister writing about a baptism he did. He was baptizing a two-year-old. And as you know, in the Presbyterian tradition, they, they sprinkle as they're a means of baptism. And this pastor was right there in the midst of that. He was putting the water on this young little boy. And he was telling this boy that he is a child of God and baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And just as he finished those words, the little boy said, uh-oh. Uh-oh, might be right. Because we cannot follow Jesus, the light of the world, living life in the shadows. You know, that night Nicodemus went back into the darkness with one question. How can this be? And John in chapter 19, we see Nicodemus for the final time. And again, he's in the dark. It's a different kind of darkness this time because Jesus has just died and breathed his last. And he's on the cross. And his disciples, they've all left him. They are scattered to the winds. They're hiding. And the adoring crowds who love them, they are long gone. Everyone, just about everyone is gone. But in John chapter 19, he mentions that there was someone there. Nicodemus at the foot of the cross with myrrh and aloe for his body to prepare him for the tomb. He was there. You know, for some of us, it really does take a while. Amen.